the Recovery Revolution will be podcast on the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network. This is the Unruffled Podcast, Episode 11. This is a podcast about recovery through creativity. We live an intentional life. We thrive. I am Sandra Primo. And I'm Tammy Salas. And we are The Unruffled. Hey, Sandra. Hello, Tammy. I am good. I'm good. It's summer, first week of summer for me. I know that people on the East Coast are not quite uh, there yet, but most likely when this airs, right? Yeah, yeah. And we'll air, yeah, middle of June. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's our, like we've been out for one week, and I can't. It feels like so much has happened in just one week <laughs> since right. graduation. Right. So. Well, you travel. That can definitely feel like lots of lots has happened if you yeah. travel off the bat. Yeah, I got home yesterday afternoon, and oh, yeah, I wanted to share this. Um, I made a hair appointment um, after I got off the plane to get my hair. I'm letting the gray grow out, right? Oh, yeah. So I made an appointment to see what she could do to help me with this transition. And I had wanted big, chunky pieces of maybe silver in my hair, kind of funky. She wasn't a big fan of that. (laughs) she's like that's gonna look a little weird up front like you maybe need some more gray in your hair before you start doing that you know and um so it doesn't look like a mistake (laughs) I was like okay oh right or some people just have that streak you know Mm -hmm. like they might just have one streak that grows out of dark hair have you seen that before yeah I think that's what I was thinking and so I was like I didn't care enough I didn't have enough bandwidth to kind of I had no pictures. I was just like, okay, well, you know what? Whatever you do is going to be fine. And I'm not too picky. It just has to be better than the skunk action that Cru- is going Cruella on. Cruella <laughs> Deville. I was thinking of Cru- Cruella Deville. Yeah. I could take a little cartoon picture in there, maybe a Disney movie, yeah. just with her on the front. I want this. So that I do. I haven't had paid to have my hair colored since 2008. So I do all my own hair coloring, and. Uh, so the that stylists was, are always thrilled. Oh, about. she was super excited about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she kept saying, "Well, this box color, this is what it does. It's just really stubborn." Yeah, um, but she was awesome. She took a ton of time um, and just did highlights throughout my hair and to make them platinum is what she said. And we'll see how it goes. So that's what I did yesterday on my way in. That was really good, and uh, we'll see. We'll see how this goes over the summer. It was really driving me nuts when I was in Vegas. Because everybody looks so polished. Oh, all the yeah. beautiful people with all the all the lash extensions and mm-hmm. their straightened hair and their beauty, <laughs> their fitness. So it was like, all right, I got a skunk situation going on here at the top of my head. But um. <laughs> right, because it. I, I mean, I'm not commenting on your hair specifically, but yeah, when you feel like your roots are too long, mm-hmm. you know it. it you do you feel like everybody's looking at you like you can gonna die you're gonna fix that <laughs> you can yeah. fix that you know 
while I was there, I was supposed to meet, or not supposed to, I did meet up with um, Carly Benson, who... Um, oh, who is very put together. She's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. Inside yeah. and out. And we were meeting at the... So Carly um, has a blog and a website called Miracles Are Brewing, and she's a yoga instructor. And she uh, said, let's meet at the Mandarin Tea Room. I think you're going to really love it. And she knew me. <laughs> She got me. So I didn't want to wear a hat there and cover up my roots. I wanted to, anyhow, it was fine. The room was gorgeous. The teas was spectacular and the view and the little tea sandwiches and everything. So ladylike and it was really awesome. So that was like my highlight of my week was um, meeting her there. That was really good. Sounds very cool. So I. What'd you do? Yeah, what'd you do? Well, I was going to tell you one thing real quick about Vegas. Mm. I forgot to mention this person that I met on IG um went but I'm sure you'll be going back she has a IG and a website I believe called Sober in Vegas and she lives in Vegas and she talks about all the places to go if you're sober I um ran across her feed and she follows me on Instagram and I forgot okay to look mm-hmm. <laughs> I totally she forgot has a, to look yeah she has a kind of a fun website yeah, I will check that out again. Sober in Vegas is her Instagram handle, right? I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. But I'm going to go back. I but think I'm, so. I'm going to go back um, probably in a month, maybe six weeks. So I will I will definitely check that out. And Carly teaches yoga and does all of these amazing events um, that are sober too. So She's starting, yeah. she has some, She's starting some fun events, right? Almost like a daybreaker type thing it looked like yeah. uh, and, from what I and noticed. like partnering with other like juice juicing companies and we're going to talk more about that on a future episode but just uh, yeah she's amazing if anybody wants to check out her work but what did what have you been doing what's going on with you I have been uh you know trying to divide time between entertaining kids which means going to the bowl I host sewing camps for kids in the summer at my house and I also do give sewing lessons and that kind of thing too. So this is the third summer that I've done this. And for the there's always just some preparation to get ready for the first one. Like I have to make sure that all the fabric's bought and I have lots of, you know, things to make plushies because it seems like we make lots of plushies. And, What's you a plushie? know, I have to, you know, like a stuffed thing, like a stuffed animal oh, or yeah. a stuffed... Okay. Or a pillow or something like that. Something soft and stuffed. Um, Yeah, and I have to rearrange my house a little bit. And So anyway, I've kind of been doing that as well. Plus just, you know, doing some fun summer things that I want to do. Like sew and... um, uh, What are you making? uh, Well, I was going to share it in my toolbox items. But... I yes, I can just go ahead and say I'm making myself a bathing suit. I've never made a bathing suit before. And I'm using some uh vintage spandex, which I thought I only had enough for one bathing suit. So like if I screwed it up, too bad, so sad. <laughs> but um but when I once I unfolded it, I could actually make two suits out of it. So anyway, just keep that in mind. If it's cute, you like it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's pretty cute fabric. And um, yeah, so I'm making myself a bathing suit. And I am trying to 
make some more dresses to put up in my marketplace. And I'm also just reading and journaling and doing those summer things that you're supposed to do in the summer. Yeah, isn't it so nice to just dive into that? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I feel like yes. I've been on hold, so I'm I'm kind of excited. Like today feels like the first day of summer to get some things done and to jump into. Yeah. 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 Well, I had a little bit of anxiety around my trip to Vegas, um, which happened at the airport. And I know you and I have talked about um, like anxiety attacks, and a lot of that's me um, creating drama around something. Um, mm-hmm. when I have, an, when I have those feelings of anxiety and I totally did that on Sunday, I put an Instagram post cause I was just freaking out at the airport. And I think I should have just texted some more people instead of doing that, you know, cause I should have just said like, I'm freaking out, but I guess I kind of, it's the same thing. I did that and people were nice and responded, but it also felt a little needy on my part when I, after I looked at it the next day. And I thought, Mm -hmm. there you go. You created some drama about this six-hour layover, which, by the way, is not the end of the world. Um, But flying out at 1 o'clock in the morning and having to sit in an airport for six hours, yeah, that that unsettled me. Mm, Yeah, that is a drag. Gosh. And I thought, as I was sitting there, I'm like, what's in my toolbox? What's in my unruffled toolbox? What can I pull out right now? What's going to help? And I pulled out everything that I'd packed, packing also was frenetic when I packed, so I almost packed like I, I almost made it happen. I like was self-fulfilling that prophecy, you know, just going, oh, I'm going to take this and this and this and this. And so when I was at the airport, I'm like, you're going to use everything in your bag right now that you just packed. Pull out your pens, pull out your journal, pull out your computer. And I started editing my Ray of Light um, interview series. And that mm. calm, calmed me down, redirected my energy, read these women's stories. There was two women that I was working on. And it was just so nice. And I thought, okay, okay, you know what to do. Do it sooner before you start posting stuff. <laughs> like just <laughs> breathe it out. So um, I had a lot of anxiety about the trip, all a lot of fear, and it all worked out. And it taught me a ton of lessons about that, just that, just having fear or listening to other people's stories about something when I really need to form my own opinions and have my own experience. Uh huh. Projecting mm-hmm. expectations, Gossip. all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Gossip is what is I heard Holly say the other day. Gossip is stealing someone's reputation, or some no. Gossip is stealing someone's integrity. Mm. You're kind of marring it, you know, when you're gossiping. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, bingo. <laughs> so yeah, going back to to my best friend's home and to be in her world and her realm again, and um, without her in it. I was so just really tough. afraid of. Yeah. Really well, afraid of. Well, just, it's, yeah, you've not done that before. Mm-mm. But I did it. And it wasn't awful. And it was really wonderful with her husband and her children and her parents. So, and they really needed me. And it was really good to be of service to someone that needs you. That's, I mean, that's what we learn, right, in recovery is service to others. Mm-hmm. And I just kept remembering that. And, uh, yeah. So I'm really glad to be home, but I'm really glad that I went. So that was a lot. (laughs) Yes, that is a lot. That's a heavy trip. Yeah, it was heavy. Oh, one more thing. I'm going to just chatty chatty. Um, My my, um, friend's husband said I could, you know, take home something, anything that I wanted of hers, which it was too hard. I wasn't quite ready to do that. Um, I'd helped him with some stuff, but I, I wasn't ready to go through her things. 
Mm. And as I was leaving, like when I went over to his house yesterday morning and we had some juice together and I said, you know what? I'm kind of having a hard time with step 11 with this prayer and meditation. I keep trying to find my way and my routine and my ritual around it. And so I asked him if I could take home her meditation pillow because she has a really beautiful corner of her room where she meditated and has this beautiful salt lamp and this whole area set up. And he was like, I would love for you to have that. And so I think that is going to help me get on the pillow every morning. And be oh, that's her. perfect. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, that's perfect. It is. Um, although I didn't do it this morning, if I'm being really honest. So. It's okay. <laughs> Maybe tomorrow morning. It's okay. You mm. got the pillow waiting <laughs> for you. <laughs> well, you're making meditation pillows, right? Yeah, yeah. I've made a few, and yeah, our friend Michelle bought one. It's, they're fun. They're cute. I saw it. It looks adorable. I, love I mean, it. if. You know, if you can call a meditation pillow cute, they're they are cute. You make everything Combines cute. my granny aesthetic <laughs> with <laughs> with oh, uh, like that. meditation with mm-hmm. spirituality. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like it. Well, they can people can find that on your on your marketplace too, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I saw them. They're so yeah. so adorable. Yeah, yeah. They have buckwheat. Holes. I never can say that right. Buckwheat holes in them. So they're, you know, they're that kind of dense, crunchy. They have that dense, crunchy feel. Mm-hmm. And um, supposedly if you use your pillow a lot, those break down. And so there's a little zipper and you can stuff, you can refill it. Nice. You can add more. Mm-hmm. Um, have you... I was going to comment. I heard a couple. Do you have anything else you want to promote? That's what I was going to ask you for the on here. Do you have any other things going on that you want to talk about or not? No, I don't. No, not at the moment. Um, You know, summer is just, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, you're teaching sewing camps. So yeah, you're busy. Yeah, I I am busy. And then uh, busy doing uh, like, and then other things are kind of are on hold. So yeah, you know, just have to roll with it. I was looking at our notes. We just last year at this time is when we started talking about this podcast. <gasps> that was like our first yeah. phone date or something was in June. And, and that's when we started dreaming up all the ways we were going to collaborate together. <laughs> well, you know, and that is one good, that is one thing that summers are good for is, you know, dreaming and scheming things. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Well, your marketplace has inspired me. And I'm going to share something later in the show and my three favorite things, an artist that I, um, I was researching on her website today and her whole pricing sheet, um, that she does for her commissioned work really Mm -hmm. inspired me that I could add that to my blog. So I'm going to spend some time working on my blog this summer, even though I don't fully know how I'm going to figure it all out or which, how to do it. I can figure it out. Like you said, I I know I can. But I'm going to definitely, your marketplace has inspired me to put some things up there of my own and you try should. to have a space for that. So that's, I'm going to work on that. You should. Mm. You should. People yeah. want to have a part of your art. You should yeah. let them have it. <laughs> well, if I can get it all up there, it'll all work out. Um, <laughs> I like, um, I got some feedback on our pod about um, the giggling. Oh, yeah, you did? That I do. <laughs> that we do well we both do (laughs) we're gigglers but uh, did you like that thing i texted you this week about there's a soft uh, an organic drink called giggles oh that's right and i was like oh maybe they should sponsor this show 
Right? I think that it would be a good fit. Mm -hmm. Non-alcoholic, carbonated, I'm sure. I'm sure that would be a great fit. So I can't say that I'm going to stop giggling because I don't think I am because I just get really happy when I do this show. So you're probably going to hear a lot more giggling today. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's that's how it's going to be. And people are okay with the time, the length of our podcast. It seems from the feedback we've heard. So we've gotten that feedback as well. Yeah. yeah. So we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. And gonna keep doing it. If anybody wants to hear a subject talked about, or you know, a person you want us to try to get on the show, um, yeah, we'd love to hear it. So we've been sharing um, the pods um, on our own pages um, on Facebook and on Instagram, but also in the um, private Facebook group for the Unruffled Podcast. So if you want to be a member of that group you are more than welcome and it is private so you just have to friend us up on facebook and we'll add you yep that's it all right you want to get started all right yeah what, what are we talking about today sandra well we're gonna talk about motherhood motherhood yeah let's say it all the different motherhood <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. to cover here. So, yeah, there it, is. And we won't cover it all. Yeah. We won't. It just, we just won't. Um, but I, I I will share something I've said before. I think I wrote about this in one of my very first blog posts. I can't remember which one or what it's called. But I said, you know, that um, moms that drink alcoholically or overindulged or however you want to label it we carry an extra set of baggage in the overhead compartment (laughs) right yes most Uh, definitely yeah yeah it's an it's its own when I hear people talk about it which people don't often talk about being a mom and also drinking alcoholically like it's almost like I mean it's taboo or something like you don't you don't want to go there Mm-hmm. I'm not super excited to go here <laughs> today. No, no. But. Well, and that and that was the thing that always um, that was the thing that confused me in the very beginning when I well when I first got sober. You know, every all, so much alcohol is pushed to moms now, and I mean it's no gosh, it seems like that that's even increased in the, the, the you know three years that I've been sober, but or almost three years that I've been sober, but. Um, you know, play dates with alcohol and mommy juices and, you know, on and on and on. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. But, you know, so the, the message is you're a mom, drink, you deserve it, drink, your life is hard, drink, Mm -hmm. you're busy, drink, but don't drink too much. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like there's some invisible line that you must not cross, but who knows where that line is, who drew it, you know, who's, who's, who's to say if you've crossed it or not. Yeah. It's It's, a slippery slope with that, right? It is very slippery. Um, I, um, when I was doing that research last spring for a term paper on um, the marketing of alcohol to the modern woman, I learned so much. Mm. And this is not a new thing. I mean, this has been going on since prohibition when 
the beer companies are trying to figure out how to get women to buy beer for their household because they did the grocery shopping. Oh, interesting. They, ha- they had to give, quote unquote, permission to the housewife to buy beer and have a beer with her husband. So that's they started marketing things that way. And it wasn't until I think Robert Mondavi hired the first female winemaker in the 70s. I can't remember her name right now. Um, and they started putting housewives back in the grocery stores again and, and giving samples and he- helping them pick out the perfect bottle of wine with their, um, for their dinners and entertaining. Um, Jackie O, like in the White House, um, instituted the first cocktail hour. Used to be punch they used to have before dinners at the White House. And, Interesting. And they, then that the cocktail hour became all the rage. I mean, the the set of crystal goblets that she used for champagne and wine, that crystal company like sold out and had like a year wait list for crystal um, when they when she did a tour of the White House and they wanted to know what gla- what wine glasses that were on her table. So I mean, it just snowballed since then, and now it seems like it's at a fever pitch with the kind of this disgusting marketing to the modern woman of, you know, bitch juice and mommy juice and mommy's timeout and all of that. I could go on and on and on. But yes, I, that's what's happening. And it's summer and kids are out of school and it's time for moms to get their drink on is what's, you know, kind of what everybody thinks. Like now it's their time, which, mm-hmm. which is, how can, no, <laughs> it's going to make it much harder <laughs> to do your job. But I did. Yeah, I did I too. did. I did too. Yeah, I mean, and you know, summers especially, I I fell into a really special kind of drinking hell. I, you know, I always said that my kids were went to this mom's camp. <laughs> I was uh-huh. holding camp of mom's camp uh-huh. for all the moms. And, yes, yeah. and um, so and and. and we're responsible for our 100% of our kids entertainment unless you send them off to camps you know which which my kids have, had gone to a few over this over the years in the summer but they were with me most of the time and um you know i just i i felt like that was how i ha- i could get through summer yeah and um and I thought, and everybody, and everybody else did too. Mm-hmm. And you know, I always felt like, well, you drink too if you know your summer looked like mine, <laughs> right? Which I mean, look at it now, right? I don't I even know. know. I don't even know how I fit it in. I don't know all the time I spent on the shopping and the ordering and the courting the winemakers because I used to own a wine bar. Oh, can you sell me three cases of rosé at cost? Yeah, I'll meet you at Bottle Barn. Oh, this is going to kick off my summer and my rosé Wednesdays. And the time, the money, the energy, and the just total disregard for my kid, actually. Oh, for sure. I just not happy. And I'm a, you know, shame game is huge when I think back on all these things. Oh, God, yes. And... You know, now too, I'm. I think, what was I resisting exactly? <laughs> but mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I. Now that I flipped the story, I can't figure out what on earth I was resisting. Mm. And I, I don't have all the answers. This is going to be 
this podcast in particular is going to be hard for me to talk about just because I still have a lot of uh, shame about a lot of things. And I have, you know, I've done a step four. I have told another human being everything. Yeah. I've forgiven myself, but I still have a hard time um, articulating a lot of the whys around it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's just things I'm still processing. I think I come from the, I think it, I, I'm positive. It was the, the Brene Brown school of sharing. She said something like, you know, that she doesn't share things unless she's processed to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and I resonate with that. I, and, you know, I'm, I'm going to share some things, but there's a lot of things that I just am still working on and I will probably will be forever. Yeah. And I, th- yeah, we don't have answers here necessarily. We're just going to share, right. Your experience, how you got through it and, and that there is another way. And but right. staying stuck, like going back to kind of when I went back and was cataloging some of these memories and things, um, yeah, it was hard. It was hard, but I remember hearing um, Melissa Johnson on the home podcast with Holly and Laura, and when she shared her story of losing her kids and mm-hmm. and, and the day when she went around town and, and, and was drunk and just couldn't remember things. Like, she broke my heart. I was crying in the car. Oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah. just remember thinking, how brave, what a badass woman <laughs> she no was. No kidding. And, mm-hmm. um, I got to meet her at a, <clears throat> a couple of events that I've gone to. You met her too in Austin and have dinner with her when I was in New York for She Recovers. And she's just a total, absolute inspiration. And so while I'm a little nervous today to share some of these things and I don't, I'll be as honest as I can be, but there'll be a lot of things that I probably won't share just yet because I'm not, like you said, done processing it or the why. I don't know. A lot of the things when I drank, I can't remember, you know, why was I doing this? I think overall I can go, oh, okay, here's some stuff from childhood and here's some issues that I had with myself or self-esteem. But yeah, why I did this as a mom, uh, I don't have the answer to that. Yeah. Not right. Clearly, not clearly. Right. Well, and because, you know, we weren't all just putting ourselves in danger. Mm-hmm. And that's the hard, that's the hardest part to wrap your head around because, you know, I love my kids more than anything. Why on earth would I ever put them in danger? But yet I did. And, uh, that just speaks to, um, the power of the addiction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when I, when my son was maybe nine months old, under a year. Um, I closed up the bar one night um, at my wine shop, at the bar there, and locked up the store. It was the end of the day, and I walked across the street to the Bayview Restaurant and Bar that was across Highway 1, across from my business, and had um, started having a martini night with my girlfriends. And, oh, we're going to have girls' night every Thursday, which was code for we're going to get hammered every Thursday. That was my code. I don't know if that was their code. That was my code, that that was going to be an excuse to be outside of my business drinking. You know, I drank during part of the day there, I'm going to go do this. And I didn't know, 
I mean, I didn't want to be a mom, which I think I've shared before, which doesn't feel great to say. I didn't, I was, um, Grady was a happy surprise. That's what I say, (laughs) but I wasn't Mm -hmm. so happy back then. I mean, I, I didn't feel ready to be a mom. And as a kind of type A wanting everything to be perfect, it rocked my whole world. I was not prepared. Even though I read all the books and took all the classes, I was not prepared. And I wanted to escape. And how I could escape was by going to girls' night, was creating book club, doing things that took me out of the home. I missed a lot of stuff. He was he had colic. It was a hard beginning. Mm-hmm. And um, But I will never forget the first night that was the, I remember what I was wearing. I remember walking across the street and being so glad to go meet those ladies for a martini. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't go home that night. Um, mm-hmm. They wanted to continue the party. We live in a small town. There's less than a thousand people. Everything's close. There's no stoplights. You know, we drove. Mm-hmm. And we went to the next person's house and we danced, had a dance party and we were so funny. And um, I called my husband and said, I'm not going to come home. I'm going to stay the night here. And he was like, well, why? You know, I have a little baby at home. Mm-hmm. You want to just leave that to him, you know? Mm-hmm. And oh, I did it. I did it. Yeah, he picked me up the next morning, and I i won't forget. I felt horrible, but, you know, of course, hungover, parched, looked like heck. Um, and him picking me up and just the look on his face, like, kind of just disgusted with me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what's the big I know deal? This look. What's the big deal? Oh, my gosh, you're so, all right, fine. You know, you go out, and I don't give you that look. And all just nonsense talk, really, to talk myself into that, because then I started doing it every week. Mm-hmm. And I went home after that because I knew that. I was always crossing a line there. Um, but I wasn't ready to take care of my kid the next morning. No. <laughs> I felt no. horrible. I was yeah. so angry at just be at life, at being a mom. Just no not, patience uh-uh. at all. Zero. Zero patience. tolerance. Yeah. hmm So I remember that night as a turning point for me. Now this went on, obviously my kid is fourteen. This went on for a long time. I've been sober almost two and a half years, so Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it went on for a long, long time. Yeah. Yeah. I did that, that many times with both kids. I, uh, yeah, we just wouldn't, mm, wouldn't come home or I would, uh, get to where I would take them with me, you know? So then we would have a, an adult mm-hmm. sleepover while the kids had a sleepover mm-hmm. and yeah. And then, um, Who's in charge? I don't know. Not the parents that are there. Right. Would <laughs> you let your kids drinking stay- to blackout? Would you let your kids stay at the sleepover now? I mean, right. Absolutely not. <laughs> what were we thinking? Yeah, absolutely not. Um, yeah, I uh, yeah did that many times, many times just complete and utter disregard and you know I guess it just the just not above the consequences whatever those were um going to be I floated above them for somehow and um I you know it, it would always be like well got away with that Let's see what I can get away with next. And um, 
I just, you know, kept doing that. And every once in a while, I would get called out. Like, for instance, one time we went to a camp out. Uh, it was Memorial Day. And um, I, you know, it wasn't enough that I drank wine all day long at the river. Kids were all over the place at this camp out. Um, but I, you know, everyone went to bed, not everyone, a few of the adults were still up. My family was asleep, but I had to stay up and keep going. You know, I had to be the one to shut the party down every time doing tequila shots. The next morning, uh, there was just not enough bacon in the world that was going to make me feel better. And, uh, we had to drive home. My home was about an hour away. And I had the vent blowing right in my face. And it's still, I still felt like I had to vomit, you know, so it was being in the car, motion, illness, and, you know, combined with being severely hungover. And uh, kept making my husband pull the car over much to his disdain for me at that moment. Mm. That was a very silent drive home and, uh, kids in the backseat, you know, mom, you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I just don't feel good. Must've eaten something. Yeah. It, by the time we hit the city limits, I was ha I started having a panic attack and it was the first one that I had had that severely to where I couldn't control my breath. And because of that, I started hyperventilating. And if you've never hyperventilated, you don't want to, it is absolutely the worst feeling in the world because you, uh, you lose, not only do you lose circulation in your extremities, but they breeze up. So like your um, hands, uh, they start to withdraw, they start to draw in, I guess is how you describe it, almost like a claw, like you're making a claw yeah. with your fingers and your toes do the same thing. And I happened to have the, or I had pulled before, before my fingers started doing that, I had pulled the mirror down so I could see my face. And and it happens, the same thing happens to your face. I couldn't close my mouth. I thought I was having a heart attack. Wow. I was convinced I was having a heart attack. And my husband had to pull over, call 911. We had to wait for an ambulance. We were about eh, eight miles from home. <laughs> and my kids were... You can only imagine. Yeah. Um, they, the, the paramedics had to pull me out of the, of the car. I couldn't stand, obviously. Yeah. I get in the back of the ambulance. And, I mean, I hadn't had a shower that morning. I'm sure I reeked of booze. And the whole time I'm thinking, don't you dare ask me what I've been doing because I'm having a freaking heart attack. Right. Okay. <laughs> it has nothing to do with how I smell. <laughs> Never mind this business. <laughs> Stinky business. Just take care of the heart attack. I mean, it yeah. had to have been coming out of my pores. Yeah. 
And, uh, you know, the first thing they, I mean, they knew what was happening right off the bat. I mean, they put the, put the things on my, the vitals things on, check my vitals, you know, put the thing on my, my, uh, fingers and stuff, but they knew right away. They immediately started talking to me about my breath and, um, and yeah, that was, that was, that was a consequence. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Cause you weren't above it. You were right in it. My kids were scared to death mm. and so was I, so was I, but I still even remember getting home and, you know, thinking my husband better not even look at me like, yeah, I, I brought this on myself. I'm a victim here. So mm-hmm. I better just be able to lay down and sleep this hangover off. Mm-hmm. And don't you dare talk to me about it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. And I did he, uh, did he leave you um, alone? Did he give you the yeah. silent treatment or? There was silence. Yeah. He left me alone and there was some silence for sure. I mean, I have really good body language. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, my friends have always told me that, you know, they can see my nostrils flare from a mile away. I mean, I have really good body, very strong body language. And, you know, I am certain that I made it very clear. Do not talk to me about this ever. And yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't think I drank for about four weeks after that. Uh, because I, I, it scared me that bad. Um, but then I did, then I eventually did because I had no plan and you know, fish swim, Birds fly, I drank. You know, that's just, that's yeah. what I did. Yeah. And I, I guess I just never thought that I wouldn't not, not drink. So, of course, I'm going to drink eventually. I think I even remember the first time I, after that, that I came home with a bottle of wine because it was whatever, particularly whatever day. It was a particularly, a, very much of a Tuesday or something. And, um... I just remember the look on my husband's face, like, all right, here we go. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, it's I a know. hard memory. That's a hard. It is a hard memory. And it's, but the thing is, too, it's not even the worst of them. <laughs> right. 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 It's not. It's just one that, of them. It's one of them. And it's not what I would even consider the worst of them. And, uh, <clears throat> That's what is just so crazy and insidious about it is that I just, I kept drinking. And so I, you know, tell this story because I know somebody's going to listen to this and say, wow, me too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they are. They are. Um, since you're so brave to share that, um, I'll share a little something. So a couple of things. Um, there's so many things that I could share. Like you just said, that's just one of them. But, um, when I went to my ladies book club, I always got drunk. Like that was just, it's just how it was done for me. 
um, and I drove. And so I drove the whole seven miles to Bodega Bay, and then I would drive the whole seven miles back. And I could have hurt somebody, hurt myself. I never thought about that, like, my kid won't have a mom. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't, Mm -mm. that didn't even enter my mind. I was so selfish, so into my own good time, so into, um, you know, it's my party. Don't Mm -hmm. tell me what to do. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm very familiar with the silent treatment, by the way, from my husband, because what could he say? Right. What? I'm going to keep doing it. And, and I, oh, I think I kind of wish that he would have said something to me. Um, he did. And that's what I, he did once. And that's what I'm going to share with you. But I wanted more. Like, I think I wanted someone to say, you have a problem. Let me help you. Um, and that's why I get nervous now when other women are sharing stuff. Like I, I want, I know you're supposed to model the solution. So, but there is something about reaching that handout and I want to learn how to do that a little bit better. Um, Mm -hmm. because I felt like it was so important to me when the person who suggested I go to AA, I'm so glad they did. Or that uh, my doctor suggested that I stop drinking. I mean, she did it first. And then seven months later, somebody suggested the rooms and I, those two people are so, I'm so indebted to them that they had the guts to do that. Um, but I wanted my husband to do that. I think I thought that he proved that he loved me so much and that he, you know, he was going to save me somehow. Which I know he couldn't. And he's. You he, think that in hindsight or you thought that at the time? I thought that at the time. Mm. I thought that he, that, that if he loved me, he would help me. Mm. And I felt like by his silent treatment or the look <laughs> that you get or his judgment, silent judgment of me, um, he took care of our child a lot. He left the bar, mm-hmm. left me there and took our child home and was the good dad so he could be the good parent which only made me feel worse about myself. And then I would say, well, oh, okay, well, he's got it handled. So I'm just going to drink more and mm-hmm. stay and close the bar and be the last one. Always, always, um, always. So one night, um, I came home from book club and I guess what I started trying to do is to get into bed with my little boy. Oh, I love you. And all this stuff. He's asleep. This is late when I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. And I'd done it a couple of times and my husband had told me like the next day, like, don't do that. Your son looks scared when you do that. And I was like, no, he doesn't. What do you know? You know, just totally dismissing the parent on duty who is not drunk, dismissing what he had to say. And the one night that I came home, I went in to go do it. And my husband put his foot down and he said, no, you're not going in there. And, and I woke Grady up. And he just looked so scared and confused. And um, my husband pulled me out of there. And I I think the reason that I remember this so much is because I can remember his scared little face. Oh, yeah. Just kind of not scared, like horrified, but just confused. And like, what's going on? Mm -hmm. And so I'm sure I was in a blackout because I don't remember my whole way home and I don't remember all of this incident I have like it's almost like a, a, a movie montage or something you know try, right. try to get in the bed saw my kid's face all of a sudden I'm in the kitchen so probably not the best person to be having a discussion with at that moment uh and again my, my husband's a pretty quiet guy private guy and even sharing this um is not super easy because I know he's going to listen to it um and mm-hmm. when he's editing and 
doing the show. But that night was important because we had it out. And he told me that I was no longer going to do that to our son, that that Mm -hmm. was not going to happen again. And he put his foot down. And I think I I really wanted that foot down. I wanted something that he cared, Um, even though he did already. But in my mind, my sick mind at the time and alcohol soaked body, I, I, I didn't think that he did. And that was back in, gosh, I think it was like 2008. It was right after we sold the wine bar. And I don't remember the end of the evening. It didn't go well. It was loud. Uh, It probably made no sense. So he probably was like, I'm not going to have this conversation. But the next night we did talk it out. And I believe he left that night. Um, I know he left that night. I'm getting nervous talking about this now. Um, So he left after a big fight. And I went online to build my case, you know, to prove that I did not have a problem mm-hmm. and that, um, <laughs> yeah. So I went on the AA website. That was the very first time I ever did. And, you know, they have the 12 questions that they can ask and, you know, oh, is, right. is AA for you? Mm-hmm. Um, and of course it's set up. I'm, I'm, I glanced at it for a few minutes and I was like, like they're talking, if you answer yes to four more questions, um, you're in deep trouble with drinking. <laughs> Right. You may have a problem. So for sure, as I, as I went into question one, I was not, I geared this whole thing. So anyhow, I didn't, I was not an alcoholic. I just proved it. I took this quiz. Um, now I could tell him I took that quiz and I am not an alcoholic. Like that meant something like that proved Mm -hmm. something to him. I was constantly building a case when I was drinking for more drinking. But that I think was kind of the first like the f- first time I knew that this was a problem. I mean, I knew mm-hmm. it wasn't fun. It didn't feel good. I didn't like the repercussions. Um, but I would quickly forget all of that the very next day by four o'clock. You know, those feelings were all gone. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we we continued. I continued on that path for a long time after that. But that night, I think seeing my kid... Um, Bedtime, bedtime after that became my husband's job. I was kind of relieved of all of that. And um, I, would, I, would, I would purposely not put him in bed because I didn't, usually I would had something to drink. Um, maybe not to the state that I was that night, but I just kind of divorced myself from that practice. And I missed out on a lot of good nights of putting my kid to bed. Well, and the insanity of choosing alcohol over putting your kid to bed. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, that's so, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, this is hard. It's insanity. <laughs> it is right? insanity. Because I wouldn't, yeah. I can look at that now and think like, why did you do why that? Why did you make that choice? Because it's not a choice at some point. Yeah, I I was thinking about, it was, you know, towards the end. Um, and I was driving through our neighborhood. And we have lots of construction going on in Austin. And, uh there was some, I passed by an apartment, like a apartment building that was being, that was going up near our neighborhood. And like, I even caught myself almost like I had an out of body experience daydreaming about having an apartment in this apartment building Mm -hmm. alone, an apartment alone without my children and without my husband and away from my perfectly great house my 
perfectly wonderful family um, so that I could do what I wanted. And mm. like I had that daydream mm. more than once. But the insanity of that is just, I, I would never, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't choose that. That wouldn't, that this person, this Sandra, that wouldn't choose that. Yeah. Yeah, it's like we were so unhappy. I used to tell my husband I was really unhappy. I was unhappy with myself. And he, I think he took it personally, like, well, what do you have to be unhappy about? Right. You know, have a nice life, a nice business, a nice home, a great so kid. What do you mean? And I could never tell him what I meant. Because mm-hmm. I couldn't tell myself what I meant. But there was this feeling that just was at the pit of me that I didn't like looking at myself. I didn't like who I really was. Um, just all the self-hatred. Right. And you weren't happy because you didn't like yourself. Not at all. So I know that's why I drink. And now, what I love about the, what it's like now, I don't feel that need to escape my life. Right. I like it. And I also mm-hmm. like that I can take action and choose and make my life what I want it to be. I did not feel like I had that hope when I was drinking. It felt hopeless. It felt like just another day. And oh, God. Yeah. just get through it. Just get through life. Mm. To what? What did I think I was getting through? Absolutely. You know, this is it. This this is the life. This moment is the life. Yeah. I I think yeah. a lot of moms feel that way. Maybe not moms even that are in the depths of drinking like we were. Even moms that are it's almost like a like a I don't know. Mom, I, I follow this this these moms that I think are really fun, funny that call say I mom so hard, you know. There's a little thing mm-hmm. on Instagram and I think they're great, but they always have wine. Oh, and so always, I think yeah. they're really funny. Um, I couldn't have watched them in early sobriety, but I do kind of pop in on them now and go, okay, you ladies are really funny about motherhood. But there is the storyline that they are promoting and that they are touring with, like that you need wine to get through motherhood. Mm-hmm. So that's the part where they lose me. <laughs> right. I can go, you're funny ladies. Like, I don't know why you need to have wine in every video that you shoot or say little hashtag, you know, must have wine. Or when they do that, I'm like, oh, there's the old tired story again, telling mm-hmm. women that we need it to escape and we, we don't. Well, well, and the thing is, I get it. Mother, being a mother is really hard. And a lot of times it's monotonous, especially when they're little, you mm-hmm. know, it's the same, it's Groundhog Day um, often, <laughs> right? Yeah. And of course you're not supposed to just love, like want to drink every second of, of, you know, how many times do we have to stack these blocks? you're not going to love that every time. You're not, you're absolutely not going to love that every time. And, um, but at the same time, you can't, uh, you don't selectively, we've talked about this many times, you can't selectively numb things out. So you can't just, uh, choose to numb the boring parts Mm -hmm. you know I've got to watch baby Einstein again you know you 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 can't just selectively numb that you numb the joy as well yeah so you don't get to experience the good stuff either 
And I never thought about that, Sandra. I never, ever thought about that way. I thought drinking was the way to joy. I thought drinking was the way to a good time. I was super funny. I was the best dancer in the room. I laughed the loudest. I... I repeated myself so much. I mean, I, I looped. I was annoying. Oh, I, I stayed too long. I mean, all the things I thought I was real good at, it just turned to probably just sad, just really sad. Oh, and, yeah. um, and I'm glad, I'm grateful for my husband that he was the parent on duty during all those years mm, um, towards too. the end of the evening. I'm super grateful. And, um, and I think about that now in sobriety, like I try to ask him, you know, when I, I said, what, what have you know, like, I think I was six months sober. What have you noticed that has most changed about me since I stopped drinking? And he didn't even hesitate a half a second. Oh, no. <laughs> oh and he said, you're less reactive. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you want to think about that for a minute? He's like, nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I do not. That's, that's the number one thing I've noticed. And I've not forgotten that because it's true. I reacted because I was always trying to save my butt, you know, mm-hmm. cover Always it up. On the defense, yeah. Always on the defense. Um, to get, I knew something wasn't right. I was gonna get called out on something. What did I do wrong? Cause um, I didn't want it to be questioned. I didn't want my behavior uh-uh. to be questioned. Nothing. No, I was right about everything and it was okay. I live in wine country. Our mm-hmm. friends are all our customers from the wine bar. Um, everybody throws great dinner parties. And if I call it a dinner party, then that's not a big deal. Uh, just stories I told myself like you know and I'm the only one really with kids out here I don't have a lot of friends that have kids that live in this retirement community and this little tiny town that I live in Bodega Bay is like a retirement place um but in this tiny town that I live in you know we're at the kids at the top of the lane and um there's a couple little tiny kids right below us that's it really for the town everybody's been here 30 40 years with their families and ranching and we're isolated you know I loved it love being isolated at the top of this street where my kid could just go run outside and play and play in his treehouse or in his playhouse and I could just sip wine on the deck and champagne and it was just this is where we live this is wine country this is what people do is what how I convince myself mm-hmm. you know I did not think about how my son would look at me until he got to middle school and I think that's when my shift started happening of like he's going to start hating me pretty soon. Oh, well, yeah, I think I mentioned part of the story before when we had our individual episodes, but, um, yeah, the, the last night I drank when I came home, my son, I did the same thing, stumbled into his room. I did that often, often, Mm. often as well. And, uh, my son said, mom, I, I don't, I don't like it when you're like this. He was scared. Mm. You know, you can only imagine they feel groundless. Like, you know, you're the adult, but you don't seem to be in charge of you. Yeah. You're not in charge of your body. You're not in charge of, of yourself. And, um, I can only imagine that it just feels like groundlessness. Um, but, you know, that wasn't the first time he had said that. And, uh, but he was going to be saying it more and more, you mm-hmm. know. For sure. But, yeah, right. Um, I mean, my daughter was a lot younger when I quit drinking. But um, I know she still has some memories. In fact, 
you know, she about this time last year brought up something that I thought she would never remember. And Mm. she certainly did. And so that's something that she and I are going to have to talk about someday. Um, that was, you know, um, it's just one of those really, really scary things. And that's the thing, you know, I have a friend that says she's not saving for college. She's saving for therapy (laughs) for kids. (laughs) Given. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's going to be a big fund. But let's talk about just uh, today. I, you yeah. know, I, uh, you mentioned it before, but one of the first things I heard when I was on one of my very first boards, the Yahoo board that I've mentioned before, and just still so full of shame. I think I even asked the question, how do you get over this motherhood shame? And uh, somebody said, model the solution. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I love that. I mean, what a what a gift to give to our kids to let them know that there's nothing that's the end of the line. You know what I mean? That yeah. they, that there's nothing that you can't crawl out from under. Um, there's no situation that's a done deal. You can always fix something. And I, you know, I can't tell you. I never got that as a kid I never knew that as a kid like you know you thought it was the end of the world whatever that thing was that f or that you know person that that boyfriend that ridiculed you or you know whatever was just the end of the line (laughs) no turning back Mm -hmm. um no, that's when you told me that saying, I wrote it in my, in my day planner. I, I have that as a mantra. Now I write it down all the time. I've been writing it on little cards to give to people at my women's meeting, model the solution. That's mm-hmm. it. And you're right. As sober women, sober mothers, we get to do that for our children right. yeah. and they may go out in the world and see other people. My, my husband drinks and he doesn't, he's not one of us. He can drink responsibly. Um, so, so hopefully we're modeling you know, we have a very responsible drinker and we have someone who's chosen not to. Mm-hmm. And when I asked my son, like on a happier note, you know, those were sad stories that we told. But when I asked him um, also, like, do I seem different to you since I stopped drinking? You know, I asked him this probably around. I was curious at the beginning of my drinking. I wasn't I didn't have a program. I wasn't in the rooms. I was kind of grasping up for like, is anybody noticing this monumental change right. that is happening with me that I live in your house? Like, how does that feel to you? Because I'm feeling incredible. I'm feeling a billion things all at once. And I remember he very sweetly said to me when I said, you know, do I seem different since I stopped drinking? And he was like, yeah, it's okay, mom. Um, yeah, it's really, it's okay that you drank. It's not a big deal. You know, you're just, you're just a better version of yourself now. And I oh, love you. so sweet. And I thought about that, that a better version of myself. I absolutely 100% agree with that assessment. Mm-hmm. And that's how I feel. I am that's still me, still yeah. me, but I am a much better version of myself since I removed alcohol from my days and nights. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I like that he, we do talk about it. 
you know, about drinking and responsible drinking. He's going into high school next year. So we'll be talking about it a lot more. And I'll tell you what, if I was still that mom that was starting drinking at four in the afternoon and slurring my words after dinner or thinking I was really funny by embarrassing him or doing something, I don't know what, what he would not have, want to have anything to do with me. I mean, he, well, he, and that's the thing. You, then you're, you're modeling something else. Yeah. Uh, and that, I mean, it's proven that our kids are going to do as we do, mm-hmm. <laughs> not necessarily what we tell them to do. Yeah. They're going to do as we do. And if they have only seen, um, you know, situations that are only, you know, situations that every situation has to be enhanced by, by wine, you know, a good situation, a sad situation, a bad situation, a bored situation. Yeah. It's Tuesday situation. It's a Tuesday situation. <laughs> if they, if that's all they see is that this situation can only be, the situation must be changed. The circumstance must be changed. Yeah. And the only way to do that is with wine that or alcohol. Then of course that's, that's, that's going to be, that's going to be their own reaction yeah. to any situation in their own life. I mean, why would it not? I walk in the door, had a hard day. I need a drink. Yeah, that's just, mm-hmm. we're modeling that as a solution. Mm-hmm. And I right. do not want to model that anymore. And I asked my husband when I stopped drinking, you know, can you not drink alcohol at the table while we have dinner? Now, we made an exception on like Thanksgiving and, and Christmas. Um, but in general, we eat fam- as a family every night. Can we not have that on the table? And he was like, are you asking me to stop drinking? I'm like, no, I'm just saying in our family unit for the half an hour that we're at the table, can that not be part of the, of the evening right then? And he's done that. And I really appreciated it Yeah. so that my son can see that you don't have to sit down and have dinner and have a glass of wine. Right. You know, so, um, dinner is just delicious. (laughs) Just delicious some dinner that I made. I wanted to share a tiny bit. I know we're running late on time and we still have things to share, but I did want to say that I know this podcast is about creativity and recovery. And so I do want to say that when I started collaborating um, with my son on art, when he was young, even when I was still drinking, um, that sparked something in me that I knew I wanted more of, but I could never quite execute Right. You know, but, through. but I knew that there was like that little seed planted, like we've talked about before. And, um, I learned about, um, as he was learning things, I was learning things about art through his preschool. You know, they didn't use coloring books. They weren't allowed to wear, um, or discouraged from wearing, um, superhero stuff. It was almost like they could create their own superheroes. They, they studied, mm-hmm. You know, um, Joseph Cornell, who does these awesome shadow boxes with all the little stuff that kids collect from childhood. We made shadow boxes and did um, Jackson Pollock like paintings. And it got me every time I went to go do something with him or we researched something, it got me more interested in those artists and and um, and writers. She even introduced Langston Hughes to them. And just I, I loved it so much. And so it gave me the courage to start working on things and, and going back to college and majoring in art and going, I want my son to see that now that I'm sober, I am accomplishing things and mm-hmm. that I am my own 
independent woman and hopefully one day he'll look for a woman who can take care of herself and that is independent as well and that has a voice for what she's passionate about Mm -hmm. and so I got it in my mind that I wanted to try to finish college before he got out of high school now I don't know if that's going to happen by the way (laughs) with my timeline but it didn't matter you know he 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 was kind of my fuel for that and I really um I don't know I'm just really proud of myself and proud that he gets to watch me do this and maybe oh, he'll yeah. look back and remember the time that his mom, you know, cursed at the table over algebra. That was like the same algebra he was doing in eighth grade. <laughs> he will. And that I finished. And then I finished that class. So um, he will. it just seeps in the creativity and the recovery and all of it together for me now. And I love it so much. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, to follow that, I will say that um, I have so much gratitude now for the time and experiences and you know connection that that I have with my kids now and a lot of that is our through with through creative acts creative pursuits um things that we both are interested in and things that we are interested in together and I just I value that so much yeah yeah. So much gratitude for it now. Or fully present for it now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, I think that's a nice place to stop. What do you think, Sandra? I think so. You exhausted so. like I am. I am. <laughs> <laughs> Whew. Okay, truth telling. It's wearing me out tonight. <laughs> yep. Um, okay. So we will share a little bit from our unruffled toolbox. Our Let's three items. It. Our three good items from our toolbox for the week. Let's do uh, it. All right. Um, since we're talking about motherhood today, if you don't mind me starting, I'll go, no, go first. Um, there is an artist named Ashley Whiteside that I found on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I bought one of her paintings recently, and I was intrigued. And then I was further intrigued when I went to her website and started reading about her. And so she is an artist and a mom from Oklahoma City. And she collaborated, or she still does, collaborate with her um, abstract paintings with her preschool-aged daughter, whose name is Nora. And her daughter did not do the painting that I did. Her daughter gave her the courage to start doing paintings on her own. So for two years, she worked with her daughter. They had shows and sold many, many paintings. And now she's got the courage to do it on her own. Her daughter still names all the pieces, though. So (laughs) I love it so much. So the piece that they or that she named is called the frog said the butterfly. (laughs) And I think that's really, really sweet. And this week I noticed I was going through Instagram and um, her home was featured on design mom. I don't know if anybody follows um, Gabby from design mom. I love her. I love her home tours. And so her home tours are called living with kids and she interviews creatives and their homes and um, definitely wants to show real women, real homes, Um, beautiful design these women are very talented and creating beautiful homes Um, and so that's what I wanted to share that she's um, very talented I'm very excited to hang up her painting in my home oh that's cool I like that one yeah okay my first one is sort of family related as well I so I turned 48 last week Mm -hmm. and and uh, without just sounding all Sally O'Malley, <laughs> fifty, I can kick, um, stretch. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been 
feeling pretty good in my 48-year-old body lately, I have to say. I don't know. I've just been feeling – it's been feeling good right now. Okay. And um, as a surprise, my husband got us a, a day horseback – or a morning um, horseback riding. That in, is so sweet, uh, Sandra. Yeah, yeah, about an hour out of town. And it was so fun. First of all, I loved a horseback ride. And there has been a, a couple of birthdays that I've gotten a horseback ride um, in West Texas. We just would happen to be on vacation. And so this was such, and we're not there, obviously. We're in Austin um, this time during my birthday week. And um, But he got us a, a family horseback riding session, and it was so awesome. I could horseback ride all the time if it wasn't such an expensive hobby mm. so anyway that was my first one I love it is... well you have to come visit because our neighbors have horses uh, that just moved here right next to us they're huge those yeah. animals are huge yeah horses are big <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll plan that for your trip um if when you come out here uh, my second thing, it's kind of since we were doing it on motherhood again, I picked a little, um, I mentioned it, I think, in the previous podcast, but I went out and bought um, a little Moleskine, um, or Moleskine, uh journal for me and my son for a summer project. And this is a little tiny notebook that's, that has blank pages. Um, it's about three and a half inches by five and a half inches. So it's tiny enough to just like put in your purse, have it with us all summer, and it's going to be... Um, our third summer of doing the summer selfie project. And we do not spend a lot of time, five minutes um, each day, and we're each doing our self-portrait. My, my son wants to add a theme to it, which sounds like one more thing to remember. And he wanted to add, um, like, say a word or some, some kind of uh, prompt. And then like see, where the, see where the drawing goes from there. So we'll see. I'm not really sure how that's all going to work. So I have it sitting on my desk. We're going to start it today and we'll do it for as long as we feel comfortable. And we may not do it every day, but we're going to try to try to add to it and have some time to talk and connect. Just maybe while we're, I'm having you know tea in the morning or something at the table, we'll both just knock out our drawings. So it's a fun thing to it. do with him. I love it. Post on Instagram. Um, okay, so my second one. So if you are in our secret Facebook group, we have started a virtual book club. Oh, that's right. First one. And I would love to keep it going. We'll see. We'll see how much. But we have a lot of people that are on board reading the first book, and it's called Love and Trouble, a Midlife Reckoning, and it's by Claire I, Dieter. I don't, Dieter? Yeah. Dieter. How do you say I don't know how to say her last name. D-E-D-E-R-E-R. Um, anyway, I just got it, but wow, it's already got me hooked. Okay. Oh, that is good. I have that, that on good. my, I have that on my list. Mm -hmm. I ordered That's it. Good. So, okay. Yeah. So another reason to join our secret Facebook group, if you want to be in a virtual book club, um, if you miss this round, I think we're going to, I think we're giving ourselves five weeks or something, four weeks, five weeks, mm -hmm. but we hope to pick up another one after this one so yeah I'm I'm, I'm excited to see how we're gonna like sober book club I definitely have to try a sober book club right <laughs> I I've done the other ones um okay well we'll talk about details on how that's all gonna come to be um 
over on the page, right? Um, yeah. How we're gonna... Yeah. All right. That's good. I'm excited about that one. Yeah, I read the reviews on that and the little little snippets of it. It looks really good. Yeah. Um, my last one, I'm going to sound like I am totally an obsessive compulsive person, but I am. I am <laughs> to a small degree, but there's a new Kusmi tea that I love. And Kusmi, um, as I've shared before in the earlier podcast about my favorite um, they have a yellow label detox tea that I love. Well, now I've tried their blue label detox um, tea and it's made with um, a base of like green tea, it has rosehip seeds in it and mate and mint and pineapple, hmm. nettle leaves and sunflower petals. Wow. And uh, yeah, it's delicious and it's Baby's been... Baby's tears. <laughs> <laughs> Sipping that was them, missing. <laughs> <laughs> and that's my first little uh, cup of. That's a part of my morning ritual, and that's my 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 first cup of tea of the day is is that. So that's new, and I love it. And it's not, you know, it's pretty mild, but it has this beautiful scent. And even if it's not a detox, I mean, I'm not taking it because it's detoxing me from anything. I just I like it. Um, lovely. Yeah, that's my third thing in my toolbox. Okay, well, my last thing is I had a little thrift therapy this week, and hmm. it was awesome. Yeah, and I found an Hermes scarf for $1. <gasps> I'm not kidding, for <sighs> $1. And you know what's funny is when I picked it up, I didn't have my glasses on. So I just thought, oh, it's silk. You know, if it's silk and the colors are okay, it's pretty much going to go home with me, guaranteed. <laughs> um, they were having a sale, though, on scarves specifically so it was two dollars but only paid a dollar for it mm-hmm. and then That's... this morning when I was going through them uh going through my bag of stuff yeah I, put, I had my glasses on and I was like this has got to be something and then sure enough I found the found the label um that's a score I know it's really that's like a really good thrifting score yeah um our listeners loved our thrifting episode I know I love that (laughs) and because it is so you can get so creative right I love it so I'm so glad that you had another score yeah I feel victorious when I have a thrift score oh yeah and I turn into like my mom wanting to tell you how much it cost I got this for three dollars, and I got this for five dollars. Oh, <laughs> I got so this funny. for a dollar, right? You just did I like just marked it two, and I got half of right? Yeah, I had, to, I had to talk about the price. Yeah, because it feels like um, like they were sharing in our in our Facebook group about a gal that got a bunch of stuff, and I was like, okay, I'm I see you got awesome things, but how much did you spend? <laughs> She's like six dollars. Because normally I put it all on the retail price. I'm like that would have normally been forty five dollars, and you got it for six. I mean, I just. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, and, and it's all good, usable things. So <gasps> nice score, Sandra. I know. Thank you. Yeah, can't wait to see what you do with that. I know. Well, it'll probably sit on the shelf for a long time because, you know, I'll not want to <laughs> perfect whatever it turns into. It right. It to be the perfect thing. Right. I like, yeah. the, I like that shelf where your silk scarves sit. Shelves, mm-hmm. I think, is, is the mm-hmm. plural. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got a good collection. All right, well, I think we did it. Okay. Yeah, have so a good... we um, have some interviews coming up, and we're excited about that. I know. I'm so excited. I'm a little yeah. nervous, but I'm more excited than, than nervous. Yeah. yeah. And hopefully everyone likes them, yeah. Have yeah. to let us know. Yep. 
All right. Well, go um, mother your children. I'm going to go do the same. My kid's sick, so he's in the back. (laughs) Yeah, he's in the back room. I should go check his temperature. So I'm going to go do that. Yeah. He got got sick yesterday, so. Yeah. All right, my friend. All right. I will. I'm sure I'll be talking with you later. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. All right, bye. The Unruffled Podcast was created and produced by Sandra Primo and Tammy Salas. Our show is edited and mixed by Steve Hecht. Original music composed and performed by NMMD. Original artwork created by Tammy with the help of graphic designer Chris Aguirre. Thanks for listening.